we're back today and we are going to talk about God's heart for you. Um, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. I'm really, really excited to get into this with you guys and just hear your testimonies and your stories about how God's heart has shown up in your lives. I can think of so many off the top of my head that I can almost not think of any because there's a lot, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, but we're really excited to get into this and we really hope that what you're able to glean from this is how close God is to you and how much he loves you. Mm. Um, I kind of want to switch the order of the questions around a little bit and start with a question. Like what? <laughs> oh, grrr, oh, grrr. oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Okay, I got a little out of hand there. I'm going to bring it back. That's all right. That's all right. All right. So what? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Husbands can reel their wives in too. They do. They do. Be safe. That's all right. Helping me. (laughs) Help me. All right. Um, What wasn't... Can we cut all that out? I'm just kidding. No. (laughs) What was an experience that you guys had? I'm curious. What was an experience that you guys had that showed you God's heart or love? For you, personally, mm. um, I think for me, just really knowing that God pursued me um, when I was least pursuable, like when I was living my life. Because now that I, I think once you know the standard that God wants for you, you start to recognize, wow, I can't believe that I, I lived this way. Um, but the fact that God pursued me, even when I was in my mess. Even when I was at my lowest, even when I was, you know, probably the least likely to be chosen by God, he still pursued me because his love for me said, I I actually have something more for you. I actually have something more for your life. And I think the greatest thing of his love that I've, aside from the fact that he gave his son for me, right? Once you recognize that, that as a personal thing, Jesus gave his life for you specifically, that's huge. But I think for me, it was knowing that he pursued me. And that really comes from the place of, of Jesus' sacrifice. But it's also like, even in my mess, man, like he continuously pursued me and chased me down. And even in moments where I felt like there's no way God can still love me, mm-hmm. he still loved me and he still showed up. And it was in his consistency that I'm like, man, like to love like this is, is this must be what perfect love is. This must be what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd say for me, because I never thought that, like, I could, like, bring God, like, my questions. Like, I always Mm -hmm. felt like I would be, like, disrespecting God and, like, God would be like, how dare you question me or how dare you feel this way, you know? Like, I always felt like I would sound so ungrateful if I, like, ever came to God with certain, like, real things that I was feeling. But I remember just, like, going to him, like, crying, you know, just about, you know, I guess being upset about, like, certain situations I would be in and, you know, questioning him and, you know, experiencing doubt and stuff. And then, like, going to him and feeling, like, his peace and his love and, like, like, literally feeling like, like he was giving me, like, a hug. You know what I mean? I was in my room literally by myself. You know, I can almost remember the exact time. Um, And I thought that, I thought that it was going to be met with like judgment or that I was going to feel like so much like shame because I had been and that's why I hadn't been bringing it to him. But when I did, it was met with so much love and his sweet and kind presence and so much peace. Um, And I think that really showed me like, God is not this judgmental looking down at everything that I do kind of God. Like he's, he's kind and he wants to help me and he wants to, you know, like take, you know, he wants to take, you know, my burdens. Like he doesn't want me to, you know, and he's he's the understanding, yeah. you know? Um, so I think that was it for me. Yeah. It's so important to just realize, like, you said something, and it was so, like, tiny, but I don't want to pa- 
past it, but like you were saying, like God's kind, like his character is kind. I remember um, when we were, we were driving through Hollywood and you know, Hollywood get a little crazy. And you know, there were, you know, just some interesting characters that we were seeing. And it's really interesting because you think like, oh, you know, there could be some Christians that will, you know, look at people a certain way and want to instantly come at them from this perspective of like, I'm going to just correct you. Let me just fix you. And no real like consideration for like approaching a human like a human with kindness. And I was just like, yo, and there's this beautiful song. Um, what's the name of the song? You know, the one I'm talking about, Naomi Rain. And um, this is a song we were just talking about, How Kind You oh. Are. Was it costly or no? Not costly. The only other one. Jesus. How kind you are. Now I'm gonna sing on the covering? podcast. You uncovering. Keep on showing me yeah, that's uncovering. Kindness. Uncovering. Okay. Ah. But yeah, it keeps on. It, it kind of gets into a part where it's showing, or she's saying, like, you keep uncovering your kindness. Like, okay. you know, we can be less kind on ourselves than God will be on us sometimes. You know yeah. what I mean? Let alone other people. But when we think about how many times in our life we did not deserve the kindness of God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the, everybody. You yeah. know what I mean? No, there's not one person on the planet that fully deserves the level of kindness that God has shown. And it took At me a while all. to see God as, like, kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, that's, a, that's, a, that's a question we'll get into later. But, yeah, but that it's so important to know that that's a part of God's character. He's kind and mm-hmm. he's loving and mm-hmm. he's gentle. Um, but yeah, I want to hear from the rest of you guys. Like, what has like your love encounter with God been? That's great. For for me, it's always been through prayer. Like from a young age, I felt safe when my mom would pray over us before bed, and I would know that if I would have either a nightmare or I would feel like unsettled in my room if my mom didn't pray. And then when she would, I felt covered, and she would always say, you know, she would pray, dear Jesus, you know, I pray that you'll, and so she would lead us in the prayer. So I knew when I talked to Jesus that I would feel safe. And so I started to pray, and then when I, when I would pray, um, things would happen. He would listen to me. So the fact that God listened to me showed me, you know, he, he loved me. He was real. You know, first off, he was real. He cared for me. Um, there was two significant prayers when I was like in elementary that— changed my life and made me never stop praying. One was I was being bad at school and I deserved a whooping. So my, my dad was coming home and he was like, wait, when I get out of the shower, we're going to talk about what you were doing at school. And I knew it was my time. So, you know, I put on a couple pairs of jeans and I was preparing for the spanking that was coming. But as I was, you know, going through all that, I prayed. I prayed that uh, my dad would not, you know, give me a spanking or whatever. I prayed that he wouldn't do that. And I prayed that he would, uh, I don't know. I just prayed that he would be different when he came out of the shower. He literally comes into my room, you know, about 10 minutes later, he walked in the room, he looked at me, he said, don't let it happen again. And he walked out. Mm. And I knew that, you know, five, six, seven, eight, whatever, that God listened. And there was another time I was playing with magnets in my room and I was running all over the room, rubbing them on everything, my bunk bed. And, you know, they're rattlesnake eggs. We throw them up and they, they, they catch and they make the sound. <laughs> so I, I go over to my TV and I rub them all over my TV. You don't do that with electronics with magnets. Oh. I destroyed my TV. Oh. I mean, it, it was it was all contorted and oh. it, it made it had every shape on the screen and it had wild colors and I broke it. Love you know it. how you fix anything? You turn it off, you turn it back right, on. Right. I did that like Unplug 20 times. Unplug it, plug it back in. Nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was broken. My mom comes up and sees it and you know, she's disappointed, she's mad, blah blah blah. I knew I was going to get in trouble. And um, I this this to this day is like a miracle that I don't know why God did. Um, 
but my mom is my witness. We have the TV to this day. Um, I go on the stairs and I'm crying and I pray that Jesus would fix my TV. Mm. Just the childlike faith, you know, fix my TV. I don't know why, <laughs> what overcame <laughs> me? Why would I do such a thing? <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. And so I, I, go, <laughs> I go upstairs. Brill is off camera going I go upstairs, I turn on my TV and I still see it in my head to this day. It comes on like bright. The TV comes on like a little brighter than normal and it settles into like its normal brightness and it's fixed. Wow. There's nothing wrong with it. My mom checked it. She saw it was broken. She did the test. We turn off, turn it on and it was fixed. And so I was like, Jesus answers. Like I just always knew that. And so I knew that he, he loved me. And so then you, you pray in, in moments where you don't deserve it. You pray in moments where, you know, he should leave you. You know, because you're not being good and you don't deserve God's kindness and he still answers for some reason, you know, keep me safe, you know, when I'm at this party or, you know, help me out when I'm when I'm over here and he still answers. And so that kindness drew me in closer. It was it was his perfect love and his um his openness to accept me always uh, and, and always to listen to my prayers that kept me praying and kept me walking towards him. Absolutely. For sure. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. The childlike innocence, you know what I mean? Like the dad connection, like, you know what I mean? Like when you, he's such a good father that he would literally like as a kid, he'd be like, actually, I'm going to start the faith journey with him right here. I want Mm. him to know from a young age that like I got his back. That's good. That's beautiful. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. It has come time. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, (laughs) it's my turn. Um, I think for a while, um, I knew love that was uh, unconditional and uh, God showed me, I'm sorry, I knew love that was conditional. God showed me unconditional love when he showed me that he was consistent in my life, Mm -hmm. right? I knew his heart for me because he was consistent in my heart. He was consistent to me because no matter how low I was, he was there. No matter how high I was, he was there. Mm -hmm. If it was a good day, he was there. If it was a bad day, he was there. If I didn't have any money, he was there. If I was having a bag, he was there. Like, his consistency has shown, like, over time that his heart for me is that he cares. Absolutely. You know? There's a passage of scripture that that makes me think about, and it's Paul describing basically the love of God. He says, I am convinced that nothing, by no means, no demon— no principality, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And it makes me think when you think about what's the most cliche scripture that everybody knows, believer or not, is John three sixteen, right. And that is, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that so whoever does believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. Mm-hmm. So even on the off chance that I don't choose him, he still gave his son for me. Even in the off chance that you don't choose him, your mom doesn't choose him, your, your friends don't choose him, he still loves them. And when you encounter his love for real for yourself, it changes your whole life. I think that's what I was trying to say at the beginning was like really encountering God's love for myself is what changed my life. Like that's what showed me like, oh my goodness, like because of the way he loves me, because of what he has for my life, he's so intentional. It's nonstop. Like... Even whenever you think, man, I don't deserve this at all, it's to what Rick said, like that unconditional love, like experiencing that and knowing that like it doesn't matter what I do. Like now, does it pain God's heart when we miss the mark and when we sin and we fall short? Sure. But it says that while we were yet sinners, he gave Christ. 
we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Every single human being has fallen short and will fall short. And yet he still gives us this unwavering love that just doesn't change. And uh, that's truthfully like receiving that, experiencing that, and knowing that is that's what changes lives. That's what changed my life without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, tr- the transformative kind of love, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, because, you know, to your point, like, I think that it's so hard for people to comprehend, like, how do you find, how are you in relationship with somebody that just loves you no matter what? Yeah. Like, really, no matter what? Because, like, we, as much as, you know, you want to think that your love for everybody is unconditional or your love for the people that you're closest to is unconditional, like, nobody actually has unconditional love. Let if somebody, if either of you were to come and slap you. me across Number the face, two. I don't know how, I don't know. I mean, I would forgive, <laughs> you know, I would forgive some of you. No, I'm just kidding. But, like, to be in a place and a state that you can receive a love that's literally completely, completely, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how you are approaching it. It doesn't matter how much your love you're giving back. It doesn't how much, you know, doesn't matter how much you do for God. Like it's just consistent. It's always there. It's ever present. Um, Is it's sometimes like, if I'm honest, like hard for me to, fully comprehend and even like fully receive. But I think now in this season where I'm at, I was just currently in a season where I felt like, you know, my love on my end for God was kind of just in a little bit of a plateau state. You know what I mean? Like as far as like my desire to be close and my desire to be connected. And I felt like that fire was fizzling out a little bit or like it was just, it was just, it was more of a campfire. It wasn't like a blaze. It was just like a little like nice little campfire. And God like allowed a, diffi- a difficult situation in my life so that he could tap on my shoulder and be like, hey, you know, where'd you go? You know what I mean? Like, and sometimes, you know, you can get so comfortable when God blesses you that you're just like, okay, yeah, like I can move and you kind of forget, you know what I mean? Like you forget that he's there. And God loves me so much. And not that he's this selfish God who's demanding of your attention, but he knows the wholest and truest version of you is the one that has a revelation of his love and that's living and walking in it every single day. Um, I want to ask you guys this. Have you ever found yourself having like a tainted view about how God feels about you? Have you ever kind of experienced like, I'm like, uh, I don't really know if God is, you know, loving, you know, loving me like he usually does. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what, what has that been like for you guys? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I think I think for me, like I've experienced it in moments where I have uh where I've I've done things that I know I shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how can God love me now? Like, especially yeah. early in, in my early in my journey of deciding to walk with God, there were a lot of things about me that he was trying to teach me are not actually who I am. Uh whether it was addictions, and I've been very open on the podcast about various addictions and things that I've been through. And if I would fall back into those things, I would be like, there's no way God loves me now. Like, I just, like, I prayed. I said I wasn't ever going to do it again. And I was like, I'm not going to do it again, God. I won't do it again. (laughs) And then, you know, a couple days go by. I was strong. And then I fall. But he's still right there. He's still right there right after, even right after the act of it, no matter what it was. And there were numerous things. And that every single time that I was 
in a position to question, does God still love me? At my lowest, like, yeah. man, I just fell back into the thing I said I wasn't going to do. There's no way God still loves me. Mm. And he was just right there. And he's like, hey, dude, like, when I say that I cast your sins into the sea of forgetfulness, like, I actually do. Like, I forgot about it for my sake. I love you so much that the thing that you feel like is keeping you stuck, that's low level. And that's why I'm trying to get you past it. And uh, one other thing, too. Um, his perfect love casts out all fear. So it's powerful. And I think whenever I would lean into his love in moments where I fell or failed, I would feel the fear of what I thought was going to happen lift off me. Um, and it makes you, Rick has a song about fearing God. Amen. That's the truth. Because if I have God be the one I fear, I'm going to fear anything else. Yeah. And fear from a place of reverence, fear from a place of awe, fear from a place of, man, you're incredible. Like, you don't give up on me even whenever I would give up on myself or when everyone around me would give up on me. You still don't give up. So, oh, yeah, I have felt I have felt that. No, it's really interesting because, like, I think that sometimes, like, our tainted view, like, comes from ourselves, but sometimes it can come because of outside influences, mm -hmm. um, which is, like, another question. But I think that, it's really, really important to distinguish the two. Like, what's my voice? What's God's voice? What would I say about the circumstance? What would God say? What would my parents say about this versus what would God do? Mm -hmm. You know, how would God handle this? Because um, there's, there's, there's so much grace, and it's not a grace to just take advantage of and just run with it, but it's a grace that because of that level of love that you've received and experienced, your natural inclination is to do good. Like, it's not out of this, like, performance, like, oh, I just got to do this right because if I don't get it right, God doesn't love me. It's like God is continuously loving me. You know, like, let me lean into that a little bit. Let me lean into that a little bit, receive that, get the healing that I need that is the reason, the brokenness is why I'm doing the things. You know what I mean? So not receiving the love is producing the brokenness that you're trying to run away from. But when you're actually receiving that love and yeah. allowing it to heal the inside of you, then that's so it's like we get it out of order sometimes. Like our brokenness is what produces God's love, but it's actually his love that heals our brokenness. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But yeah, I want to hear from you guys. Yeah, I was going to say, <clears throat> I'm trying to figure out how to word this. You say grace and I, that's what I was going to say. I feel like I don't I don't think I've been in a space where I felt like I didn't know that God loved me, but I did feel like his grace for a certain situation wasn't there anymore. Mm. And that's like a way for him to show his love, right? That's like an attribute. If I guess if the Bible was to talk about, I ain't trying to add nothing to the Bible, so let me not say that. But in my own interpretation, right, I feel like uh, a way that God would display his love would be his grace on a space or a situation or a season. There's been so many times that I know that this season is coming to an end and I try to like continue to have my hands on it or I'll try to continue to be in a space that's comfortable. But the space, the grace for this space or this season is over. And mm -hmm. I'm still trying to stay in a space that I'm like, yeah, man, this is what I know. This is what's comfortable to me. But now I've grown like, yo, like this uncomfortable thing, mm -hmm. that's where God's love is. Yeah. That's where his provision is. That's where his grace is, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, you got to weigh out the grace for the space thing. You know what I'm saying? You got to yeah. say, okay, is this me saying that 
I don't want to do this anymore? Or is this me understanding God giving me a revelation that this is not something that I need to do anymore? Because mm-hmm. there's a difference between the mm-hmm. two. There could still be a purpose in a season that you're trying to run from. But if God takes his hand off of it and he says, okay, my son, my daughter, time to move on. And you're staying there, you're, you're outside of his love and protection. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely like, I'm glad that you definitely made that distinction because it's like the love never went away, yeah. but it's like, but the grace, which the peace and stuff like that is attached yeah. to the grace and being in alignment. It's really about being like in yeah. alignment because that's where, you know, and it's not, it's not even that like he'll remove his presence, like, cause his presence is everywhere. He's omnipresent, but there is a difference too between walking in the love of God and walking in alignment with God. Like that, that could actually be a podcast. Like what does alignment look like? Yeah. But walking in alignment with God means that you have access to everything that he wants to give you in the season. Cause you can have the love all day long, yeah. but having access to like, you know, the, the wisdom and what he's trying to teach you and what he's trying to do in other people's lives outside of you that doesn't even have anything to do with you. That's where you're in the space of grace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I felt that. Yeah. Any misrepresentations of love that have caused you to have like a tainted view of God's love? Like from like maybe like outside people. Yeah, it could be the church, it could be people, all kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, I know I feel like there are a lot of like. Not, not maybe not a lot of at least I'm not around them, but there are I would say a good amount of people that I definitely feel like misrepresent God in the way that they speak to people are judgmental, and I think that it, it can be very off putting for like like non-believers. Period. Because then they and I, I think for me that happened with me. Like I was like, oh well, if this is how like if this is what you know, because you know sometimes when you see like those leaders and stuff, you see them as it, 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 if you're not like super spiritually mature but you see them as like you look you look up to them you see yeah. them as like a, in like a high place and so if they're kind of cruel and judgmental and harsh you mm-hmm. know what i mean and you know lacking compassion and empathy like you can easily mistake that as the character of god but it's yeah. not like, jesus was so compassionate like i feel yeah. like he like in a lot of the scripture it's like and he had compassion so he did this and, you yeah. know he, he had compassion for them like that's like it's 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 so it's everywhere in the Bible, yeah. you know. So mm-hmm. uh, when I think of Jesus, I think of someone who's compassionate. So I think as far as, so I definitely think that I did have a tainted view um, of of that, which I think I kind of touched on earlier with my answer, um, mm. which is why I, why I thought God would judge me if I yeah. was real with Him. So right. I always felt like I had to come to Him like this picture perfect, even though mm-hmm. I, I mean I'd be doing horrible, but I'd just be like, God, thank you so much for what's going like with you know, thank you so much for like giving me life, even though I'm like I hate my life right now. You know, um, there was actually a moment where something happened in my workspace. Um, and this was a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Rick, no, this was a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and, you know, wasn't happy. Wasn't happy with the outcome. Jalen, you were actually there that day. Was wasn't oh happy God. with the outcome. Um, and, I, you know, I got in the car, as I do to clear my head. Um, don't do that, actually. Don't get in the car. I wanted to say that. Don't get in the car angry. But I got in the car to clear my head and I remember being so upset. I'm like, God, why does this have to happen? I'm so upset. And he was like, trust me, it's going to be good. And instead of in that moment being like, okay, God, I was like, how the heck is it going to be good? Yeah. Like, how the what? Yeah. How the, I can say heck, heck 
Uh, is it gonna be good? Hey, Randy right? said that in the car. Colorful. Though, and that's all right. Colorful. Because even even if, hey, listen, even <laughs> if oh, even if you like Miranda Cosgrove and you cuss a little, yeah. Wow. What? They were on Miranda Cosgrove was on a podcast. I actually do cuss a little. And she said, What's your favorite cuss word? And she said, Probably F. And I laughed. And I was like, This is crazy. She went for the top of the line cuss word right now. That's funny to me. But no, that doesn't take away God's love. And it's crazy because so the way that God has spoken to me all my life has in, been in butterflies. So like whenever I feel like I'm in the middle of making a big decision or like a life change and I'm like, God, you know, show me how you're going to make this happen. Mm-hmm. A butterfly always comes by, right? And it was just such a like beautiful representation of like, you can be in whatever state. You can mm-hmm. be like, God, I don't get this. I don't see how you're good in this. I don't see the good that's going to come out of this. And it doesn't move him. Because he knew in the exact moment, like, exactly what I needed to know and to be comforted in that moment. And I, when I tell you peace came instantly, it was weird. Because mm. I went from, like, one extreme to another ex- extreme. But because he's such a good father and he mm. knows how my mind works and how my heart works, he came in that moment and knew exactly what to do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, that was my love encounter. Amen. I'll share right something, there. too, that, like, I think is important. Because mm. when you think about God the father and the father's love. Sometimes if you didn't have necessarily the healthiest relationship with your earthly father, it's hard to receive God's love as a father. And for myself, like my dad knows this, like I think it took me forgiving my dad and some of the things in in my childhood to actually access the love of God, the father in a new way. And when you experience the love of God as a father, because like, look, I already knew the whole, you know, God's love where he gave Jesus. So I knew, oh, Jesus loves me. Oh my goodness. Oh, he loves me. I know that. But like to really receive the love of a father, I was like, yeah, I know he loves me, but like, you know, I don't know what that, what that, what that actually means, whatever. And then when that was opened up to me, that, that completely like blew my mind all over again in regards to the love that God has for us. Um, because if if our fathers here on earth were perfect, which there are some great fathers. I have great father figures in my life, great mentors, great men of God in my life, and they do wonderful jobs. But the best thing ever that anyone could have done for me was point me to the love of the Father God, God mm. the Father, uh, and to receive his love in that way. And uh, yeah, I wanted to give that a disclaimer because it's possible uh, for those of you who feel like, how can I receive God's love? Like, you know, I didn't have a representation of what that looked like. Uh, it's possible. Um, do the work. Be open to forgiving. Be open. Be open. If you can just be open, uh, God will show you his love. Um, he'll show you. Yeah, he'll show you. Mm-hmm. Well, I am, I think we're just taking a moment right now to just acknowledge his goodness in all situations. Um it's interesting because I feel like for me, I think I would say to that person, like, start with Jesus. Because I know for me, I didn't have the best view on God, interestingly enough, like God the Father. But I always knew, like, Jesus loved me, which was weird, right? Because you should think, like, well, they're the, the same person. But, like, when I thought about the cross and when I thought about what he endured, I thought about somebody who would lay his whole life down, you know what I mean, and suffer and die for my sake. But then when you read John 3, 16, 
for God so loved the world. You know what I mean? As if almost like Jesus was a part of the decision, but it was God's decision to send his only son. And when you think about your son, I haven't even had a kid, but I know I would literally like turn a place out for just my siblings and my husband. Mm -hmm. But like my only son, you know what I mean? Like he gave his only son for, like you said earlier, for just a chance, because not everybody was going to accept, but he knew that it was worth it because of how much he loved us. And so like, I would say, start with Jesus, go back to the cross, go back to how, like Taya was saying, Jesus was moving and working. Look at that scripture that talks about the woman caught in the act of adultery. You know, what's yeah. amazing about that, that I didn't really take into consideration at first before. So we know that she was caught in adultery and he started writing in the sand when her accusers came and he told them, you know, who he who was not sinned, cast the first stone. And they all walked away with the tail tucked between their legs because they all knew we had sinned. But the interesting thing that caught my eye and when I was reading that again, it was like he chose to say go and sin no more after everybody else was gone. Like he was not out to embarrass her. He was not out to ridicule her. He was not out to make a spectacle out of her sin. He waited for all of them to leave and he had a personal close up encounter with her. And he said, go and sin no more. That's gentle. Yeah. That's kind. That's yeah. compassionate. That's mm-hmm. that's thoughtful. Considerate. Mm-hmm. It's considerate. You know what I mean. So, um, I want to ask you guys, like, you know, just speaking to that person who's kind of struggling to see how God is good or kind or loving. You know, what's a place that they could start at? You know, in as far as seeing God the right way. Accepting Jesus Christ is the first step, right? accepting who he is and what he did for you, and then understanding, growing in the knowledge of the love of Jesus Christ. Because when you first accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's just what he is, your Savior, right? And as you grow in knowledge and the understanding of the love of Jesus Christ, he becomes your Lord. And you're a Lord. if you think about uh, medieval times, right? Kings and knights and all of that, when you had a Lord... That person was held at a very high reverence. When you served, hey, my Lord, how can I serve you today? Hey, my Lord, what can I do for you today? And then it's crazy when you hear when you hear Jesus talk in the Bible, he says, I only do what I see my father do. So <laughs> when you submit yourself to Jesus, who is submitted to God, you're submitting to God, mm-hmm. right? And you understand what God's heart for you is which is true, pure love, unconditional. Yeah. Yeah. That's real talk. Mm-hmm. To, to someone who wants to get closer to God or know him and experience him, um, I would just say, first off, he wants the same. He wants relationship with you. Uh, God loves you. He created you. He has a plan for you. Um, I love the Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, for I know the plans for you. You know, we, we know this this verse, but 29, 13 uh, you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Uh, God's not hard to find. And I just say, open up your heart to him and then listen for him. Uh, make space. You know, just as much as you pray, I'd say, listen. And you'll start to to see that the answers and the way that you're guided and the way that God responds to you is loving. It's gentle. It's kind. And it's always, it's always for you in some way. So even if it feels like he's restructuring your life in a way that 
uh, might even seem like it's it's uh, it's different or it's going bad according to your plans. Um, if it's God and His hand is on it, it's only good because He's only gonna uh, He's gonna build the right life for you. You know, we build all these lives for ourselves and we 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 build these mighty mighty things in our lives. But the only thing that matters is His plan for you and His will. Um, you'll find it out for yourself through relationship. It's not complicated. It's it's not complicated. I think we all found Him in different ways. Uh, mine started in prayer. I didn't start off as a fiery Christian praying. I started off as a normal person praying, getting responses, and then his plan was unfolding before my eyes. And um, time and time again, I saw that his love did not fail me. And, you know, I didn't really have an answer earlier because Ty, Ty said it. You know, when, when, you, when you sin so much and you walk in darkness so much and he still answers you and still chooses you and still loves you, um, I mean, I've never seen a love like that. And it's just safe. You can always come back to him. And then it makes you not want to sin anymore. That's my thing is we always, as Christians, we, I don't want to sin anymore, so I'm trying to not do this and I'm trying to not do that. When you just know him and experience that genuine love, you don't want to sin anymore right. Right. because you're like, you're that good to me. And if you still want to sin, then you need to reflect more on that genuine love yeah. and be reminded of how beautiful that love is for you because then you're going to say, I don't want to sin anymore because, mm -hmm. you know, he died for that sin and he loves you and he has a beautiful plan for you. So you don't want to sit around and keep messing around and sinning. Mm -hmm. So that grace that you experience in those times um, is what draws you closer to him or what should, I think, is the fact that um, it says the wages of sin is death. You get paid uh, death for your sins. That's what you should get paid. But Jesus already took on death. So the fact that we don't have to experience death, we can have life is an incredible exchange already. Mm. So now I get paid grace. <laughs> you know, so yeah. even if I'm sinning, I get love, I get mercy, I get grace. So that 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 should draw anybody. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. he'll leave the 99 to find the one. Why is the one gone from the 99? He was probably doing something where you're wandering or you're going off in in your sin or you're just confused, but he will still leave everybody else to find you. So that type of love is there. It's available. It's real and we experience that through Jesus. And um, that's that's how it starts, you know, that curiosity. And then he creates that safe space through his love. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He changes like it's like you're changing your taste. You yeah. know what I mean? Like whenever you start a diet or you start eating right, your taste for that thing, your taste for the other things becomes a lot less like potent. Yeah. I know when I eat right for a long time like I don't want the junk food it starts to taste a little nasty and I also understand how it makes me feel mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's and it's the same thing with God like when you've tasted his presence when you've experienced his love first of all it puts all the other loves like down here compared to his and so you're mm -hmm. able to focus and have your heart in the right place but then you also the desires although they might still be there they're just not as appealing anymore because you're like i have this thing over here that feels right. so good mm -hmm. and it feels so satisfying um so yeah no i really really like that point yeah. okay i'm trying to de develop this thought but i think i'm just going to develop it in real time let's go um i guess for hopefully this answers your question but like for the person who's heart is either hardened towards God or, mm. or who just, cause like life, life is, is hard sometimes. Yeah. And I think that sometimes when life doesn't feel good, you can be like, well, how is God good? Because yeah. this happened and this mm -hmm. happened. Um, and I, I always emphasize this, but like, God is like, so not afraid of like your questions. He's mm -hmm. not afraid of you coming to him in doubt, in mm -hmm. frustration, even with anger. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm such a big, 
believer in just like going to God exactly mm-hmm. where you are, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, anger, hopeless, like however you feel, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm such a like big believer in like just ex- expressing it to him yeah. and talking to him and then sitting and, and sitting there and, and letting him love on you. Mm-hmm. And then also, I'm also a really practical person too. So I know like when I've had moments of frustration and I've talked to God and I felt like I didn't hear anything, I would go and like turn on a worship song talking mm-hmm. about how much God loves me. Cause even though like, I know sometimes the fear with going to God angry or, you know, doubting is like that he's going to look down upon you and that he's going to be like, like, yeah, like shaming you for, for that. But like, no, even in those moments, even when you're doubting, even when you're questioning, like God still loves you so much and mm. he still thinks the world of you. There's a song mm-hmm. and I'm going to I'm going to make a playlist and I'm going to see how I can put it somewhere. We'll I don't put know, it in the, the description, description box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it called Christ Love for Us. I already started making it. But um, there's a song uh, by Abby Gamboa. Uh, it's called Dad's Song, and it's just really talking about how much God loves you. It's, it's whoo, the song is just ah, bringing me chills right now. Just think about it. <laughs> but there's a line that says, um, if you've ever held a dream in your arms or if you've ever been proud of a work of art, th- like then you know what it's like to look in your eyes. Talking about God saying that over you. Like God, mm. that's how God feels about you. You know what I mean? He, he's calling you a work of art. You know, like he's yeah. proud of you. Yeah. Like, so like, I just don't want, I just don't want anybody to be fearful of like going to him and any state yeah. you know what I mean yeah. because he's gonna treat he's gonna treat you the same as if you just came out of church you, like like yeah. he's he loves you no matter what phase of life you're in no matter what stage yeah. you're in if you've never been Christian before if you've never even thought about it like he loves literally everyone he mm. hung out he hung out with his sinners I mean come on yeah you know so um I just want to encourage that person um that God God feels the same about you than he does about you know, somebody that's living righteously, you know, the yeah. most righteous, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. he feels the same exact way about you and everybody's, yeah. everybody's sinner. Ain't yes. nobody perfect. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah. And he knows anyway. That's the thing. I like to, yeah. I like he knows to talk anyway. about that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I like, I like that because in the Bible, uh, it says, you know, how Jesus didn't come for the, the healthy, but for the sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like to, like, how, when he, Jesus hung out with sinners, it's because he knows who really needs him. And the ones who uh, were religious at the time were, were basically like, we're good. You know, we, mm-hmm. we know what we're doing with the Pharisees. Like, so it's like, all right, well, you guys are healthy then. You don't need right. me, apparently. You know, so I came for the sick. I'm hanging mm-hmm. out with the real ones because they were scrutinizing the fact that he was hanging out with all the sinners and all yeah. the all the people who are still in their mess. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Yeah, he he definitely will meet you right there. And yeah. he's been through it all too. Yeah. Like the cool thing about Jesus is like think of somebody who suffered more than Jesus. Like with the weight of the sin of the world on his shoulders, yeah. didn't do anything wrong, mm-hmm. lived a full life, probably had dreams, probably had ambitions, had family, all this sort of stuff goes through the cross, dies a sinner's death, mm-hmm. gets up on the cross. And I can imagine in that moment, because there's no other way you can, Jesus Christ said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Unless he was in a intense state of mind where he was oh, like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't even, I don't even see you. I, I came from you and I don't even see you. Can mm-hmm. you imagine like the state of agony that he was in in that moment? But then God comes in and basically comes in. Well, we don't see exactly the exchange that happens, but we know that at the end, he says, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Mm. So Jesus has been through pretty much everything that you can possibly imagine. And to think that I've got to cover myself up when he actually died so that you didn't have to 
and he humiliated himself so that you didn't have to, and he got naked mm-hmm. on a cross so that you didn't have to, then it's an insult to his love to think that you have to cover something up to please him. He wants you. He wants you exactly as you are. He wants every space uncovered because that's the only way that the intimacy and the transformation and the exchange can happen. Um, it's so powerful, y'all. That's good. It makes me want to go worship, like right now. Yeah. Like right now. Like right now. I can't. I, yeah. I, I want to go listen to my playlist yeah. literally right now. <laughs> if you don't mind, yeah. I don't want to share a closing thought, but I want to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's something that can take place when we pray, especially where two or three are gathered. Surely He's there in the midst. So there's five of us sitting right here. He's here. He's in this moment. He's with all of us. So. As we frame our minds on the fact that God is close, God is with us, God is for us, God loves us, even if your heart was hardened to the fact that God loves you, just in this moment as you're listening, just open your heart in this moment and say, God, all right, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. And as we pray, I believe that God is going to encounter you, that he's going to experience, you're going to experience his love, and that you'll actually feel something, whether it's emotionally, mentally, or even physically, something is going to happen that shows you proof. If you, if this has been you asking, like, God, show me that you love me, I pray that this would be the prayer that, that opens up that moment for you. So we'll pray. <sighs> thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for your son or your daughter on the other side of the screen. Thank you for how much you love them. Thank you that while we were yet sinners, you sent your son to die a gruesome death to become all of our sin and shame and guilt because you knew that there was no other way. There was no law. There was nothing that we could do in our own strength to be reconnected, to be reconciled with you other than for a sacrifice. And there was no one, no perfect person that could do it other than Jesus. He was perfect. He is perfect. And yet he laid down his perfect life for us so that we could be reconnected to you and to your love. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for my brother and my sister on the other side of the screen that they would experience a touch from your love, that they would experience that you are for them, that they would experience and know, and even things would come to their mind right now to show them that you've always been there, that you've never left them, you'll never forsake them, that you're for them in every single moment, that when they walk through the valley of the shadow of death, when everything around them seems like it's crazy, you've been there. Even in moments where they could look back at their life, God, I pray that even those moments would come back when they think, oh, there's no way God was there, that you would show them how you were there. And I pray, Lord, that even as they're here for those who have been through much and shouldn't even be alive, that situations should have taken them out. They should literally be dead right now, but somehow, some way, they're still here. That is a sign of your love to them because you have something for them, for this world, and ultimately for them to experience with you in this lifetime. So Lord, I just pray right now by your love that you would touch sons and daughters all over that listen to this. We thank you for this time together and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
If you receive that family, type in the comments below, I receive your love, God. Um, we are so excited to announce that we are going to come together on July the 28th, Ooh. finally, yes, live and in person. Please, if you are in the LA area, come out and join us for our first ever live Generation One night where we're going to experience more of the love of God and more conversation and community together. Uh, we love you so much, family. Yes, check out the description below for that playlist. It's going to bless your life. I encourage you to listen to it. I'm probably about to listen to it right now once I get in the car. But thank you guys for listening. Have an amazing week, and we'll see you next time. Love you guys. Peace. Hey.